Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of the Business Insider Secrets. Uh, I've got a great person with me this evening who's going to be able to give us some great insights. I'm really, really excited. We're going to touch on how we met in a minute, squelch, squelch, squelch. And uh, we're going to basically come through that <laughs> and then and then, and then then talk through. So I'm really, really excited to get on. Josh Mitchell, are you there? I am here, mate. Great to see you. How are you doing? You all right? I'm amazing. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. It's much appreciated. Andy, I'll give up any time, any day of the week to come and spend an hour with you, mate. Oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that kind? That kind. He, didn't, he didn't agree with that when I was sat in the steam room the other day. He didn't, he didn't so keen. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's where we spend most of our time, isn't it? Just uh, in the mornings. I, I was about to actually, let's start there about how we met Josh. So do you want to start or should I start? Uh, well, here's my version of the story. So I'll give you my version of events. I'll let, I'll let Andy give his version, see how it went down. So, so, uh, so me and uh, Andy, we bump into each other every morning. I like to say around 5.45, but if I'm being completely honest, it's usually around probably about half six, seven o'clock. Is that right? So, and so, so we go to the gym in the morning. When I say we go to the gym, I, I, I get there. I jump straight into the pool, do about 15, 20 lengths on a good day. And uh, Andy does a, uh, a workout in the gym. And uh, we usually cross over around quarter to seven and we have a good chat about business in about 15, 20 minute period. I'm usually still there having a shave. But uh, but I've become quite famous in that gym, haven't I, Andy? You have. You have. Because the first time before I knew Josh, uh, the first time I heard him, uh, I just got a, a pretty uh, sort of a memorable laugh. But it wasn't his laugh. <laughs> he wears these flip flops. These sliders, that when the sliders get wet, all you can hear is squelch, squelch, squelch. Josh is known as the squelch boy. <laughs> I made Literally. that up just as we speak. Uh, <laughs> uh, and exactly that. Yeah, I see Josh every single morning. Uh, we sometimes have a, have, a, have a chat in the jacuzzi and, and chew some fat first thing in the morning. That's um, it, we do. I, I, in all honesty, I actually had to put a meeting in my diary after the event a little while ago because we spent so long in the jacuzzi talking about stuff. I thought, I'm late for work. I've got to put in. Why yeah. weren't I in at half seven this <laughs> yeah. morning? It's because yeah. I was talking to this dude for an hour in the jacuzzi. You, um, you, know, you say that. When I come into my office now, if, I, if I'm any more than kind of 20 minutes, half an hour late, Chris will be sat next to me and he goes, was it Andy? <laughs> I'm like, oh. I was like, yeah. I said, like, Andy Hooper, mate. He's in the gym. like... Our conversation has gone on for hours. <laughs> Which is fantastic. And actually, there, there's a great insight for anyone, actually, because what happened was, I think Josh and I were connected on LinkedIn anyway, yeah. because Josh is relatively famous oh, yeah. in parts, which we'll, we'll get to. <laughs> and uh, I, I saw a video of him and I was like, here, dude, let's chat. Don't I see you in the gym of the morning or something along those lines? It's literally that, literally yeah. that. And anyway, uh, yeah, I'd like to say that both of us were in the gym every morning. Uh, sometimes one of us needs some uh, prompting to make sure we're See, there. I'll, I'll, I'll ring Andy audience. three times a week. <laughs> I'll let the audience decide who that is. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. So, uh, amazing to have you with us. Uh, I can't yeah, wait because I think uh, diving into your backstory, there's some amazing little bits that I'm going to dig out. And some yeah, of these yeah. people already told me because we've already discussed it when we've we've met and stuff, but I'm, I'm going to literally dive in deep into some of that stuff for the audience. Cause I know yeah. that there's some absolute golden bits in here for people where they think, Oh, I'm not sure about how to do this. I'm not sure about that. And we're literally going to rinse Josh 
of every <laughs> little bit of idea he's got and the mistakes he's made along that journey. So, with no further ado, Josh, let, let's start sort of at the beginning because I normally start at college, university sort of Yeah, thing. yeah. And, and for you, this is absolutely pivotal, right? Because yeah. this is where your first, you know, I won't say career break because it wasn't a career, but where your first business idea came up. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. So so it, it kind of starts just before college. Uh, no, actually, I was at college, sorry. So um, I, I studied sport, basically, at college, sport B-Tech, right? I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I kind of, I went, I went to college to play rugby. Yeah, so whatever course had let me on at college, I, I left school about four GCCs. I was not an academic at all. Um, went to college. All I cared about was playing rugby. That's literally all I cared about. And um, in our first year, there's a there was a college freshers party. Uh, which is in a really dingy nightclub opposite the train station down in Worthing, so opposite Worthing Station, and uh, and and that night there was there was a, there was a, there was quite a big incident between two girls uh, at, at this at this freshers college freshers party. So as a result, you know, kind of a few months down the line, the college said, "No, do you know what? We're not going to run any more of these freshers parties because we don't want the responsibility." Lo and behold, the following year, I'm now in year two. Um, you know, loads of loads of college students are joining. Me and my mate Seb, who I also play rugby with, I, I turn around to him. I said, "Seb, should we run a college freshers party?" And he's like, "He's like, oh, really?" And I said, "Yeah, right." Anyway, so six, seven months online, we're selling tickets. We, we've hired up the local assembly hall, um, literally winging it the whole way down, winging it. There's no event manager. If I said that there was nothing in this event about that was that like, I would say had any event managerial skills, anything like that. It was literally right. What do we need to do next? What do we need to do next? What do we need to do next? Um, what, and, and what time frame did you have, like from from thinking of it to it happened? Uh, so I would say September we started promoting it, and the event was end of November at the okay. Worthing Assembly. I've still got pictures to this day. It's weird. So hold on, um, Worthing, what, what 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 sort of venue was it? You said sort uh, of it, like school. It's Worthing Assembly Hall. It's a bit like a it's a bit like a guild hall. It's the best way to put it. It's, okay. It wasn't like a purpose built venue for like it wasn't a nightclub or anything. Oh, so right, it couldn't yes. be a nightclub. So obviously everyone everyone there was 16, 17. The like the amount of eighteen year olds that are there, mind you, there was not many at all. So and it, I'll put there's about nine hundred and seventy something people there in the end, which is absolute madness. Nine hundred and seventy. Yes, that's of course. Yeah. So what was the building license for? How many people did you even know that? Oh well, over the, the, to be fair, the, the builder could hold like well over a thousand. We, we were going to be over the moment for about I don't know four hundred people. Four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But literally, honestly, I'll, I'll play back the video another time. But it, it was absolute madness. And do you know what the kick I got from that? I, I can't explain it. It's like I found. I think I found out that night. I've got a weird obsession. Well, it must be a bit of an adrenaline junkie because I loved it so much. And anyway, after that, I got dragged into promoting nightclubs in Brighton because we've got a bit of attention on that. Um, so I'm 16, 17 now. So I'm standing outside nightclubs in Brighton. It's, so, it's so uh, hold on a second. So it's college. Yeah. So we're not a university here. This is college. no, no college. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm 16, 17 at the minute. Yeah. And so I'm in, I'm in Brighton promoting nightclubs. It's, it's not your traditional what you'd imagine in Magaluf standing outside a club and just trying to drag people in. In Brighton, I've back then, it was absolute... It was like a promoter warfare going on down there because where Brighton has got such a prosperous nighttime economy, you know, there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds being pumped into that nighttime economy every year. So as a result, it's really cutthroat between promoters because traditionally promoters uh, usually take uh, percentages, if not all of the door takings. Yep. You know, when you're charging people anything between five and £10 each, and you've got six, seven hundred people coming in through the door. That's a lot of money in one night, right? 
Um, and so obviously, so basically my job, I didn't know really have a moral compass back then. I was just to kind of do what I've been told. Right, Josh, you stand here. Anyone that walks down that street, your job is to get them in that queue and charge them as much as you can to get them in. So that's all I knew. I'm 16, 17. That's all I know. I'm like, right, okay. And his incentive to me is like, right, you know, the more, the more you charge them to get in, the, the, the kind of the better cut you get at the end of the night. So I'm 16, 17, making £10 an hour. All my mates are running £5 an hour because we're still at that age. So yeah. I'm thinking I'm absolutely balling with my 60 quid at the end of the night. Yeah. Um, so anyway, do, do that for a year. I hit my third year of college. Um, by this point, I'm now on about 2% of door takings because I've kind of been worked the street for a while. You know, everything's going quite well. I'm booking loads, like literally there'll be hen parties coming down to Brighton, right? There'll be like groups of like 20, 25 women. I'll literally go up to the bride, pick her up, free bottle of champagne, proper in the queue. All her friends go in. Obviously, all the promoters are like, yeah. And uh, so, so I work my way up. So when you work your way up in uh, back then, if you're a promoter, you get 2% of the door. So for example, I'll go from only 60 quid a night to about, I don't know, 80 quid to 100 quid a night. So still thinking I'm absolutely rolling so, in it. So at 16 year old, years old, you're like, you're like, you're thinking you've got a Rolls Royce coming next week. Oh, mate, mate, a hundred quid for like five hours work, mate. I'm living the dream. Yeah, 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 definitely. Do you I'll know what I mean? So that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, but then, so anyway, so, so did all that. Love, absolutely love that. Um, it, it did get, I was, you know, I wasn't really hanging around with the right kind of people. I think my mum my and dad definitely noticed that. Um, and so, you know, they kind of forced me to go off to university. I didn't want to go to university. Like, I didn't, I didn't really go to university for me, if I'm being completely yep. honest. I went, and it was probably the right thing for me to do. But the biggest problem was I wasn't there for me. So, like, first year, second year, I'm sat in the classroom, literally what no... Did you do? I studied event management. What else was I going to study? Well, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, I know, I said, look, I've made money in events. I know what works. I said, right, I'll go to university. I'll study event management. Um... I get there, I sit there, you know, and I'm thinking, when I'm sat in that event management class, I'm thinking, right, they're going to show me how to make some serious money in events. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking, right, they're going to show me how to pack out yeah. stadiums of like 20,000 people, 30,000 people. And I get there, and we're talking about weddings and meeting rooms and little tiny conferences. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is boring. I'm like, I'm like, and everyone around me is like. Two years ago, you'd already filled a place for a thousand. That's it. And, I, and I'm just thinking, what am I doing here? Um... And the, the, and the thing is, the, the sad thing is that at uni to get like a pass on an essay is 40%. So 40% is the pass mark, yep. you know, and unfortunately from day one, my mentality at university was like, right, if I get 40%, I'm still here. So like every essay, I'm like 40%, 40%, 40%. And, and when I'm getting my 40% back, 41%, 42%, I'm literally out that night celebrating. I'm like, yes, yeah, still here, still at uni. Yeah. Um, but there was a local nightclub in, in Winchester and there still is it. It's called, it's called, um, it's called Vodka. And basically, they, they weren't open on a Thursday night, you know. And I, you know, bear in mind, I'm, I'm now in Winchester. I've gone from a massive, mad city, Brighton, to a really quiet, really historical town called Winchester. So oh, the transition from shock. that, oh, mate, it was massive culture shock. The transition from that to that was absolutely insane. Um, and you know, I, I'm looking for my kick because you know, I'm when I'm working the street, when I was working the streets in Brighton, promoting, throwing people in queues, I loved that. I was getting such a kick out of it, such a buzz. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there was, I said, a nightclub, they were shut on a Thursday and I thought, oh, I've got, I've got an idea. I can take everything I've learned from Brighton and just slot it into Winchester because there was promoters in Winchester. But if I'm being completely honest, they had nothing on kind of what I was doing in Brighton. Yep. So I, I thought it'd be a, a nice and easy, quick, easy muscle in, kind of bring an event in really. Yep. Uh, so, so, so basically I put a proposal in on for a Thursday night with the, uh, with the local club. No one got back to me, put another proposal in, no one got back to me. 
I found out who owned the club. I'm ringing him, texting him relentlessly, following up. I must have rang him about 12 times. Like, look, can we have a meeting? I want to I want to do a Thursday event with you. I finally got through to him. Um, and I came down for a meeting. In the meeting was the owner of the club, the manager at the time, the 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 promoter of the other night, who was like almost like my competitor at the time. Yeah. And uh the competitor and the manager all said, no, 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 just just give him a job as a just just get him in as a normal promoter, almost like making a pound a person kind of thing. I told them about all the events I've done in Brighton. They didn't believe me because um, at, at the time I'm probably 18, 19 now. It must, I think in their eyes it was too good to be true. Like everything I've yep. just done, it probably they probably thought I was just talking absolute rubbish. Um, you know, and I, I literally came down, right, Andy, with like loads of pictures saying, "Look, this is me. This is where we did it. This is the yep. video. Like I'm trying to show them. I'm like, this actually happens." Um, yep. But anyway, didn't believe me, so they left again. So it turned out they didn't want to do it. I put another proposal in. For a different event where at the time uh the only way is essex was a really popular tv program yeah and there was a chap on there called ricky raymond right um who was at one of the it was basically one of the tops i didn't even watch it but it just kind of knew it was what everyone was watching at the time yep. so i put a proposal in and i said look let me run this thursday night i'll bring down the celebrity if i get 600 people through the door give me a thursday night um and they were like okay but who's going to pay for the celebrity i said i'll cover the costs and i kind of said it i didn't have any money in the bank well, sorry, that's a lie. I have my student loan in the bank, which was <laughs> supposed to pay for my rent. I said, yeah, I'll cover it. I'll cover all the event costs. Just let me have the slot and let me keep the tickets so I can cover all the costs. Um, so, yeah, they said yes, couldn't believe it. So, literally taking everything I learned back there in Brighton, brought it over here. Um, using social media, Facebook groups, Instagram, all the rest of it, I funneled 70% of the student population to a Facebook group. Um, I hired about five people to sell tickets on my behalf as well. And using that, using that Facebook group, which became like our core messaging service, basically, because every other comp, every bit of comp competition in the air, I kicked out. So all people could see was kind of like the, the events I was running. Um, and anyway, long story short, filled it up, over 600 people, broke even, just. Um, so didn't even, didn't even make money on the event, but, the, yeah. but put a flag on the ground hard enough to the sense that they gave me a weekly slot. So it was cool. It, well, they must cool. have been pretty stoked. They got 600 people through the door on a night they don't normally open. That's it, yeah. So they were like, "Oh, actually, do you know what? Maybe you can do it." So it was, it was good because I mean, I completely get it, you know. Because if I was in their position, I probably would have thought the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, it was like enthusiastic, unrealistic guy coming in saying to do this and that. You know, they probably hear, my club owners hear it all the time. You get promoters that come along and say, "We'll do this, we'll do that," and it, it's that very few promoters deliver. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so that happened. My, my night was called Rendezvous Thursday. I ran 24 events every year for two years. Uh, we had about seven, seven to 800 people a week come to those events. Um, and so at a time at uni when I'm supposed to be broke, it went completely the other way. But as a result of that, I made loads of mistakes because, you know, I, I, I didn't need to live like almost like, you know, I didn't like uh, frugal really at uni. So I ended up eating in restaurants every night and all this kind of stuff. And as, it, <laughs> as quick as it was coming in, it was going out. And I, I look back on that and I think, oh, I wish I saved because it would have helped me kind of as I ventured into a new business. But, um, but honestly, it was, I, I, if I went back, I wouldn't change anything. Cause it was amazing. I, you know, I had 10 people working for me, training them up for sales, all the social media. It was, it was glorious. It was really so good. let's, I, I'm going to unpick on some of that. I'm going to really go dive deep into some. Yeah, of that. go for it. I think like, you know, this is like, you, you've done it. You've flattered with, you, you've flirted with a few bits beforehand. Yeah. 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 You go to this dude. I'm going to bring this celeb in. Yeah. And, I mean, celeb. I mean, like, anyway. <laughs> he was, he was the celeb, celeb. But, he was like, the way, I'm bringing <laughs> someone in that's known and all, all, everyone flocks to it. Yeah. 
yeah. So you, you make that, and then so you then got 800, six, seven, 800 people coming every week, 24, excuse me, 24 nights a, a, a week. Uh, so uh, tw- 24 nights a year, so every Thursday. Yeah. A, a year, that'd be 24 nights a week would be a trouble, wouldn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> so you're doing this, right? And so you've then got, you, you've talked there about, um, you've had to negotiate a contract. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So negotiating a contract, you're 18 years old. Yeah. You've never negotiated a contract probably before. Uh, no, no, I not like that. Trying it to was good. Screw you over. <laughs> Uh, not so much screwing me over, but they, they, you know, they, what's the word? Once again, they, I think they thought it was too good to be true. So they were like, it was, it was as much them shopping me as it was me shopping them. Because, yep. you know, I needed to have a deal that I was happy with. And the art of a good deal really is, you know, everyone's, both parties are happy, everyone's right? Happy. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it did take a bit of back and forth, but we finally got there. It was weird because I was so used to like the way certain things are run back in Brighton and in Winchester, it was a bit, it was a bit different. But then, but ultimately, once again, once we pulled that first event off, it's almost like the barriers went down on the owners. Now, like, actually, no, do you know what? This yeah. could work. So. Well, I mean, you know, all of a sudden they've got you know six hundred people in there plus. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, when they don't normally open, why wouldn't they be? I mean, they'd be like, yeah, sure, carry on, buddy. That's yeah. it. That's it. But also, it really affected my studies because now I've got this event going on. I've got my like my kickback, right? My adrenaline's back. So uh, all week, like, so when Monday hits, I just can't wait for Thursday to be here. When Friday comes, we're talking about last night, what happened at the Thursday event, and I'm just looking forward to next Thursday because every week you've got to do something to keep it keep it kind of uh, exciting and keep it spiced up. So Wednesdays, I'll be in Argos buying chocolate fountains. I'll then be going driving down to Costco, buying about 20 kilos of chocolate, back to the flat with all the lads. They're all trying to do their uni work. I'm in the kitchen with the, with the pans on the bloody uh, stove, trying to melt the chocolate, pour it in the chocolate fountain, then kind of getting it working and thinking, oh, hold on, how am I going to get this chocolate fountain down to the club? All that's, all that's going on. So Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> you're, you're doing a project management degree. Uh, sorry, event management degree. Yeah, yeah. And you're running 24 events per year. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so minimum. how many years were you, you need? Three. Uh, so I was there for three years, ran the events for two, my second year and my third year. So you did 48 events? Yeah, probably more than that if you include Freshers Week. Yeah, so I'll say about 52. So you've done all these events. Did you yeah. pass your degree? Uh, I passed just by the skin of my teeth. So in at, at uni, you get like a third, two, 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 one first. I got, my overall degree was 50.3%. So I was less than 1% off getting a third, which is like the lowest degree you can get. Um, so I, I, I just skinned my teeth on a Desmond Tutu. <laughs> well, that's all right. That, that, that's all right, there you go. Look, you, you, that's it. Like, you know, I think what would bring criminal... Is that after running fifty-two events, you didn't pass your event <laughs> management degree? No, I know, um, I know. Because it, it was it was so ironic though, because Alan Titchmarsh, the mm. gardener, was our chancellor at the university. So when I went up to the stage, shake his hand to clip my uh, certificate, you know, my hat on and robe yeah. on and stuff, he shook my hand and he said to me, "You must have worked so hard for this." And you know, I was, you know, I was a bit like, I, I didn't really. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm just, I'm just chuffed to be here, mate. <laughs> kids out there <laughs> yes. there we go. and i think that what it goes to show is that you know that you did you had to do a whole load of things you had marketing you had contract yeah. negotiation you had to run an event you had yeah. people working for you right at an early stage yeah and i think that grounding i mean clearly you know the average person don't think of that sort of thing right so yeah. so first yeah. of all hats off to you because the average person doesn't so 
Thanks, Thinking bro. back now, like, yeah. if you was going to do that slightly different, yeah, with with what you know now, yeah, right, and we're going to get onto what you know now in a bit, but you know, mm. what would you? Well, I've done differently. What would you? Yeah, what would you tweak? And not necessarily change because obviously you wouldn't change it because it is what it is. But yeah. what would you do differently to make it easier or smoother or whatever? You know, it's a really tough question because it's a pretty slick operation. If I'm being completely honest, um, I think I think that I wouldn't. In terms of the operation, how all the events ran, how I managed the team, you know, that was all pretty good. You know, everyone was kind of like sold on what we're trying to do here. I think. The biggest thing I'll change actually was was how I operated as a result of that uh, as a result of that success, if that makes sense. Because yep. you know, once again, I think the, the biggest way I let myself down. This is why my other half, Laura, at the minute, she's absolutely amazing because she's an accountant. Is and as I said to you, the money was just coming in, and it was it was a lot of money, um, but it was just going out as quick, you know. And I I just wish that I saved it, um, or just you no, know, just didn't be a twat if I'm being completely honest you know because I just didn't need to be but then but the thing is once again I don't come from a, a wealthy family I don't I've never you know gr- growing up we were just we were chuffed that food was on the table so and all of a sudden when you see when you see this cash you think oh my god like you know you feel like the world's your oyster even though looking back that's not a lot of money <laughs> do you know what I mean um I think, so actually it's in one I think actually if you're not used to it I think it's important to have and to recognize that yeah secondly I don't think it's bad that if you've worked hard for something that you should go and enjoy it because there's so many people out there to say, save, 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 save. I I, agree. I I get that you should save and you should invest and get that money to work for you. And we'll come on to that again. But I also think that you've earned that and you've got the right to go and enjoy it and don't be guilty about enjoying it. Do you know what? That's a really good point, Andy. And I I think the reason I felt guilty was because... I was the only person in my rule of thumb living like that because yeah. at uni, everyone's broke, right? Yeah. You know, people are doing 20, 30 pound weekly shops. But all of a sudden, my my, my weekly restaurant bill is like four, 500 <laughs> quid. Do, do you know what I mean? And that's, do you know, it's a really good point you raised there because that, that's probably why I look back on it negatively because yeah. I was I was the one that stood out a little bit because I wasn't living like everyone else, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. But no, but honestly, massive, massive lessons learned there. And do you know what? What you said there, it wasn't about saving for the sake of saving. It was saving. So when that next big idea came, I had the resources, the tools, the ammunition to go out and chase it. Because yeah. when my next idea did come around, I didn't, you know. Um, and, you know, do you want me to touch on that? Sort of where it went after that then? Well, let's, yeah, let's go. So so we've done university. We've done those things. I think, yeah. I think the biggest thing that you've probably learned there, you probably would have saved a bit of cash. That's yeah. probably the number one thing that you would have done. And yeah. I think that for everyone out there listening, saving is, yeah, we'll, we'll, I think we'll, we've got um, an investment and uh, financial guys coming on at a later date. But, you know, I think that it is important that you save and you get your money to work for you. But I definitely think you should enjoy it. Otherwise, <laughs> where's the bloody hell in having it? Like, I don't see the point. I've definitely yeah, yeah. recently, no, oh, we've got to save, we've got to save, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. No, bollocks to it. I'm buying a boat and a bike. Like, That's it. You're absolutely right. Like, save okay, but save with intent. Save for the reason of getting something. Don't just save for the sake of saving. You know, that's like, why? I totally agree. It's useless, no. until, it's, it's useless until it's used. I, I totally agree. So we've gone from your know, uni. So presumably yeah. you then thought you had to get a job or did you think, no, I ain't nah, doing a job? 
Uh, well, it's funny because I, I don't ask me why, but even though I have the events going on, I still worked part time at Apple because I knew that even though all this was happening wise financially, I was all right. I still wanted to develop myself kind of professionally. So I know I wanted to work, you know, I got referred into Apple. I worked in Apple and Basing Stoke and Festival Place. Great job, by the way. Fantastic company to work for. You know, a lot, a lot of the ethos and kind of stuff that we have in my organization now comes from Apple. That's why you wear a T-shirt all the time. Yeah, partly, mate, to be honest. It was even, it, the logo is still on the same side as well. Um, but so, so I still had that on the weekend. But basically, when as the event was kind of like, you know, I'm in my third year, we got so much attention on it. Everyone knew that it was, you know, that was the place to be on the Thursday. So it, what happened is taxi companies and then it was restaurants and uh, then it was starting to get bigger companies. They started approaching me and saying, Josh, can you look at our social media to tell me your thoughts? Um, because obviously they're in the more in the B2B space, you know, and they're, they're, yeah. they're seeing all this massive attention happening. Um, so basically that I, I started for a little gig called social imprint and that was literally just social media management. I was working with restaurants, taxi companies, um, you know, really kind of like, you know, low level income stuff, you know, never got paid. This is where I've really got deep dive into business, mate. Never got paid on time. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the lesser client paid, usually the more they wanted me to do um you know wanted the world all this kind of stuff and all these like initial kind of challenges which I, I i hadn't experienced before by the way at the events because the way the event works was you go run the event 10 till 3 at the end you cash up take your money go home that's it done yeah. there's no do you know what i mean and so so anyway so i had the social imprint going on so which you know was earning a bit of money but not not much if i'm being completely honest i then set up a company called 360 dynamic with four of the lads uh so they they they, they ran around web, web development company at the time and basically it specialized in 360 degree interactive virtual tours. So basically you, you could go into like a college or university virtually, take a full 360 degree view. You can interact with the space, click, watch videos, watch, look at PDFs, all this kind of stuff. And it's really to help student recruitment. Um, and once again, the reason why I said earlier on that I wish I was saved is because when I started this, the events had stopped. So that, that flow, that stream was gone. And all of a sudden I had no cash stored to kind of go into this. I think the, the first camera we bought for this business was like, we, we all put in 60 quid each because it's all we had. Um, and anyway, down, down the line, so, so I did that for a bit. You know, I'm literally fighting step off board. I'm working seven days a week. So Monday to Friday, I'm in the office. Saturday, Sunday, I'm at Apple. Monday mornings, Tuesday mornings, Wednesday mornings from 7 a.m. Uh, I'm pressure washing patios. I had a little Persia 206. In the back, I had a hose. I had a hose pipe, 100 meter long hose with a pressure washer. And I literally pressure wash, pressure, pressure wash air, patios, driveways, etc. I usually finish about half eight, nine. I'd knock on more doors on that street and just say, just say, you know, I did your neighbor's patio and um, would you like me to do yours? Because that was a nice learner, mate. You know, it's 80 quid for like a couple hours work. So I was just banging doors from like eight, from about half eight to half nine. I was about to say, I bet that's quite a good little gig. And in the summer, I bet it's quite <laughs> nice. Do you know what? Financially, I mean, obviously I enjoyed working at Apple more, but I work all day at Apple. I was on about eight pound, 10 an hour there. I work all day there for about 40 quid, but I, I go to work with 80 quid in my wallet from pressure washing a patio for two hours. So it's, you, it's like, you spend the 40 quid in Burger King at lunch. <laughs> yeah, well, you say that, mate. I spent a lot of money there on lunch. <laughs> when you only got, and all you got... the Apple products as well. You, you actually, Apple didn't make you any money. You lost money working at Apple. <laughs> no, that's the problem because every time they released new products, everyone got so excited about it and everyone had to have one. Yep. Um, but that was it. So, you know, it was a massive grind, mate. It was a grind, and you know, but I, but I loved every minute of it because, you know, it's there's something quite thrilling about someone saying no and, you know, just like powering through to the next thing. It was nice because it was exciting, right? I'm going from pressure washing to being in the front of a retail store 
still stinking, by the way, because I've just pressure washed the patio an hour ago. Then I get home and work on my laptop, and then back in the on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm back in the office trying to pay the office rent. It's there's a lot going on at the time. So you're basically trying to sort of just fight your way through to try and get something yeah. to work. I mean, I, exactly that. I'm doing anything I can, you know, anything. Yeah. Um, you know, li- literally just like whatever, whatever's gives giving me a glimpse of just like being able to stay above board, pay rent, pay bills, etc. Yeah, um, I'm just jumping at it because you know I'm just trying to do anything to, to kind of get this vision going. Yeah, and that that sort of hustle that like I've just got to make it happen. That belief yeah. that it will happen sooner or later. Yeah, it's got to come from somewhere. Where do you think that comes from? Uh, do you know what, mate? I I, I don't know. I think I, I think it comes from my my greatest fear is that I fall into the traditional hamster wheel of life where it's grow up, go to school like go to college, either go off to work or go off to university, get a degree, get a job, have a family, have kids, grow old, maybe become a grandparent then die. Like to me, I'm just like, there's got to be more than that. You know, there's got to be more than this. Just like this constant, almost like conveyor belt of everyone going through the stages of life. You know, and I, and I, I literally, my, my thought process has always been is like, like, how big can we take this? How big can we go? Like it's for, for me, it's freedom. You know, like I, I just want to be able to go where I want, with whoever I want and not have to worry about anything. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, I think that's where the drive comes from because, you know, if, if I can do it, almost like do it, do all the grindy bits in my twenties, fingers crossed by the time I hit my thirties, you know, I'll have something there, which is like, almost like growing out of the, out of the seeds, out of the, out of the, out of the uh, soil. And then hopefully I can just start sprinkle it with some water and spend the thirties just growing everything. I don't know. <laughs> well, we've all got to have a dream, Josh. That's it, mate. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's Josh, on... how old are you? Uh, 26. 26? <laughs> so yeah. Josh is 26. At 26, I was still on a beach teaching people to go sailing. Um, that's they're... good, mate. That's bloody great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, love it? You're talking like you still do it. <laughs> or I loved was... it. I bought a boat. I told you I bought a boat 10 minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so anyway, so... You're, you're doing this piece. You've left university. You're what, 21, yeah. 20, 20, 21? Uh, yeah, 22, I think. Yeah, yeah. You're then hustling for the next few years, I'm guessing. Yeah, and it's awful. It's awful, mate, because you're grinding away. You ain't got, you ain't got, you know, you've got no money in the bank. You're just like literally staying above board. It's, it's, it's grinding completely. Um, it kind of fell over a bit, my business partner. So I bought four, uh, four of my business partners out of the 360 business. Just didn't work out. Great guys, really nice. But we, yeah. we, you know, when you got five people eating at the dinner table in a small business, it's Doing also no, it's not. But also, there's too many chefs in the kitchen. You know, you know, you need yep. one chef kind of like directing where you want things to go. Yeah. Um. So as a result, we're not going anywhere because you know people think it's going that way or the rest of it. So kind of bought them out. It will uh, ended quite well, which is great. So um, and then me, Chris, who I work with now, my business partner. So he, so we 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 both share with shareholders in 360 Dynamic. Yep. He had his own video company called Stolen Images. And I had my social media gig on the side and we threw everything together uh, and called it Mitchell and Stones. Uh, and obviously here we are now. Okay, wicked. So when was that? How long ago was that? That was 2018, two years ago. Two years ago. All right. So you yeah, yeah. two years, you'd have been 24. So yeah, yeah. so you were hustling for three years. And yeah. then you're like, dude, should we do this together? Type was is that how did the conversation yeah. come about? So uh, it's funny because we were in the office of other business partners and, you know, we kind of realized it was the end of the road with that, you know, not like just they had their own thing going on, we had our own thing going on and we were talking about it. And I think our greatest fear was that we didn't want to become just another traditional marketing agency. 
Yep. So we merged together, but then I said to him as well, I said, look, I said, I said, I've got this idea because obviously we're done with the event stuff. I said, yep. there's, there's, there's exhibitions that happen regionally, locally and like in up in London and stuff. And I said, I think that there's a massive gap in the market for like a really kind of high end, uh, high energy show locally. And he, he was like, Josh, what are you talking about? He said, there's like, you know, there's been exhibitions locally for years. Um, and I was like, you know, and the thing is with me, when I get this idea and it just won't leave my brain, I just have to do it. If it fails, fine, but at least I've done it. Yep. And like, and so we merged together Mitchell and Stones end of 2018, moving to our own office, which we can't even afford, by the way. So like every month we're scraping together. I don't know why we had an office. We don't really need it, but it's just something about having your own office, I think. And so we're just paying the rent on the office. And then early 2019, we launched Hampshire Business Show. Um, and just spent the whole year just 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 pushing that really. Because nice. that, that... Okay. there's a couple of bits here. Yeah, so I'm trying to piece it together so it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to unpick it as we go. So, yeah. so you just said something there, um, not about the Hampshire Business Show. Just before that, you you you, you two of you basically come together. You're like, right, okay, let's make this work. We yeah. want to put it together. So that was 2018, and then you're like, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to do that. But we're also going to do this business show. Yeah, literally. So that's how it sort of went. Sorry, the cleaners here. That's Hi, right. Sandy, you're right. <laughs> Good. Um, so, um, yeah, so you're, you're, you've got these now these two things going on, right? You've, yeah. you've brought it all into one. And now you're like, I'll tell you what, let's do a business show as well. So yeah. before we get into the business show, because you set up Mitchell and Stones first. Yeah. Mitchell and Stones was set up to do what? So Mitchell and Stones is so originally we we specialised in social media and just video, but yeah. actually what we realised is I think the best way to word this, but basically we we act as an outsourced marketing department for companies. So we found a lot of the companies we're dealing with, uh, we're, we're speaking to their marketing managers, and don't get it wrong, in lots of cases companies needed marketing managers, but the majority of clients that we were coming across, the marketing manager sat in the company, um, and it's not they didn't know what they're doing, it's they they knew what needed to be done. But they didn't have the individual skill sets to actually execute what needed to be done on a day-to-day, week-to-week, and month-to-month operational basis. Yeah. So things like graphic design, paid advertising, proper, real social media strategy, not like just managing a Facebook page, um, a videography, photography, all that, all that kind of stuff. And so what was happening is the company would pay their salary, which, like, I don't know, for argument's sake, let's say 40 grand a year. And then on top of that, they're forced to engage an external marketing agency because obviously the marketing manager in the business can't actually execute the individual skill sets that are required. Yep. So we, we basically came along and just said, for companies that were, look, that were looking to hire marketing managers and basically called them and said, look, don't hire a marketing manager, just plug me and my team into your business and we'll just take care of everything. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> okay. so that, and that's a great little idea, isn't it? You know, you, so you're not, you're basically taking over all those little bits because you're right, these, you know, you put an advert out for a marketing manager and yeah. what you get back is they'll have skill set in one area, but they can't actually deliver on every single area of that's the it. business. Yeah, that's it. And don't, don't get me wrong, like they're great project managers. And don't and as I said, there are genuinely some companies that need that in-house. But the majority of the companies that we work with, they don't need a full-time marketing manager in-house. It's just another, it's an expensive salary. Um, all they all they need to be done is someone to say, right, here's how we're gonna do everything. Here's a strategy, here's the implementation plan. Can you just do it? And we just do it for, for the price of that salary. So it just makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So. Okay. Wicked. And we're going to come on to a bit more about that in a, in a second as well. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the business show. So at the same time, yeah, yeah. thinking, right, let's, let's put on a business show in Hampshire. So Hampshire business show, is that right? Have yeah, that's it. Hampshire business show. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you come up with this idea. There's not, there's no other similar event locally. And you think, right. Uh, there is actually, no, there's massive, massive competition. There's a, another event that's been, it's been running for about six, seven years, I think. And it's very well established. Um, and I think it's very well run, but the chappie runs it really well run. Um, there's nice the, all going on. Okay. Yeah. So I think I've been to that one. Um, yeah. 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 yeah I, I, Cause it's been going on longer. Um, I yeah, much longer. One. Um, that's right, mate. So, but don't hold me, don't hold that against me, will you? Oh, right. I promise right. I will. I was obviously due to come this year, but it didn't quite happen. <laughs> That's it, no, COVID wiped us out this year. <laughs> so, let, let's talk about so, so you, you're putting this business show together. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what was your thought process? Yeah, so do you know what? It wasn't so, so we when we launched this show, it wasn't wherever, wherever I live, you know, if I was in Bristol, if I was in Brighton, I would have launched this show for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I just thought, you know, I've been to loads of shows at the XL, I've been to shows locally, I've been to shows in Wales and all over Birmingham and stuff like that. And I just felt that a lot of them could be done better. I, I felt like there's, you know, there's a lot better event technology out there. Um, I just felt like everything could have been like upgraded, if that makes sense. Yeah. So so basically the, the aim for when we launched Hampshire Business Show, look, you, you've got the, the first thing we did was break down why do people go to these exhibitions, right? It's usually to meet new, new prospects where they can do business with each other or new collaboration opportunities or see what's out there on the market. To do that effectively, you need a lot of decision makers. You need people that can say yes, say no, and they don't need to go up a chain of command or ask that person to ask that person, et cetera, or I'll find out from my manager, that kind of thing. Yep. So, so the kind of outcomes that we wanted to achieve when we launched Hampshire Business Show was right. We need a room full of uh, this city, this region's decision makers, anything from MD level, anyone that can say yes, decision maker focus, we want at that event. So we, we focus 100% of our marketing efforts to decision makers and assumes that everyone else will just kind of follow if that makes sense. So when you um, say marketing, what what sort of key areas were you marketing in? Uh, what is it as in sectors? There, there was no real, there was no focus on the sectors to be, if I'm being completely honest, it was no, kind so of like I mean, a, sorry, channels, sorry. Oh, so, so there's quite a few. So basically LinkedIn was absolutely massive for us. So um, it's, it's quite funny. So basically we had, so there's me, Chris, and we had a couple of, girls volunteering with us we spend the majority of our days uh connecting with people who are in decision maker positions and basically saying look i'd love to invite you to the show okay we then we then kind of constructs the lead generation funnel on our website which took you through a flow took you through kind of like almost like this, this well-positioned martin collateral um to, to basically ideally hopefully get people to, to a place where they either want to exhibit or uh sponsor the show with us as well um and so we've replicated that thousands of times um, along with that, backing up with pixels like Facebook advertising, all the rest of it. But if I'm being completely honest, the most effective kind of marketing campaign for us, because the thing is, you've got to remember at the time, I'm I'm well aware that no one knows who I am. I'm well aware that people don't know who my business partner is, everyone that's volunteering with us. No one knows who we are. We're people looking at this event thinking, who are these people running it? So we knew instantly that we needed to tap into the audiences of the, of the influencers in the region. So in social media, we talk about a lot about influencers. So yep. we're identifying who are the, who's influential in the region, you know, who do we want to kind of attract to this event. So we're signing up visitors, signing up exhibitors, signing up sponsors, which is great. We're now looking, to, we're now, so we then invite all of our exhibitors, all of our sponsors to a uh, almost like an exhibitor interview day, where we basically brought them into a studio, filmed the video of them, asked them what they did, all the rest of it. We would share it on our LinkedIn profile, they'd share it on theirs. And by them sharing on theirs, they were, they were opening, up, opening us up to their network. Yep. So, and it was literally like a domino effect. So we were reaching out to all these different networks around the region 
Um, the credibility piece was ticked off because obviously the person in the video was the person that's in their network, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it literally that, that just snowballed like that, um, which is phenomenal. And just it's, it's literally like those behaviours, those activities replicated every day, Monday to Friday, from January right up until October when we launched the show. Um, and it, it was tough, honestly. I, I didn't sleep in 2019 really at all. Like, you know, I'd be up, I'd be stressed so, because, you know, I'd sell five stands a week. There'd be weeks where I'd sell one, weeks where I'd sell two, you know, and I'm just laying in bed like I can't physically sleep because I'm so, I'm so far behind. I'm because my, my what you start to you start to picture worst case scenario. Yeah. You know, worst case scenario was one we couldn't afford to put the event on because we didn't we didn't even have the money to put the event on. If I'm being completely honest, we yeah. didn't break even until about a month before the show. Like until a month prior to that show, we could not afford that event. Um, which so you know, and we've got exhibitors coming in for their training days, looking they're all telling us like what they're getting for their stands and stuff like that. You know, and all that's going through my mind is like, like, we need to get these last few stands through the door if we're going to make this happen, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was massive risk, massive risk, yeah. both financially, mentally, and everything. Um, and uh, but, but worth every minute. And, and looking back, I enjoyed every minute of it. Do it you great. think if there wasn't as much risk? Yeah. And, and you, let's say you had the money in the bank. Like, yeah. I don't know. Let's say it's hundred grand. I don't know how much it is, but let's say it's hundred grand. Yeah. Let's say you got hundred grand in the bank. Do you think it would have been as successful had yeah. you had the comfort of having the money in the bank? Uh, do you know what? That's an amazing question. I don't know. Because you're right. Because the thing is, is when, when, because the thing is, it's not, we didn't have a plan B. And when you haven't got a plan B, your only choice is to make plan A work. Yep. And, and, it, and I'll tell you what, and this, that's a brilliant question, actually, because when I think back to last year, I've never, I did things last year I'd never physically thought I could do. Like, and, and little things from like picking up the phone a hundred times a day, just like any, is there anyone out there that needs a stand? That kind of thing. <laughs> just, do you know what I mean? Just like, um, please me, please. <laughs> pl literally, just like, please come, come, come down. And it's just so interesting. You're right. Um, but yeah, but no, I probably wouldn't have done because that, that sense of urgency just wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have been there as much. I don't think. Yeah. That determination and grit to literally just, yeah. down and, and, and just do it so so with that sort of determination grit you know what sort of things have you used because you know if we go back to the hustle side of things the belief yeah you know what where have you educated yourself along the route oh so so okay so i've I, i've i've engaged in loads of training over the years um yeah well just like watch youtube videos and stuff like that i've got a kind of few people that i watch quite frequently so from a from a business development standpoint, I'm massive on uh, Sana training. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it. So Sana training for me took this enthusiastic, all over the place person, um, and my coach Will. He he's fine tuned me into basically the, to be the most professional business development person that I can be. Um, yeah. For motivation and kind of thinking big, I've always looked up to people like Grant Cardone. Um, uh, Ed Milet, all those American kind of entrepreneurs, as, as uh, what's his name, Mike Winnett would say they are. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know what? I'll be honest. You know, reading books like Sell or Be Sold, Ten X Rule, that, that massively, it gave me so much comfort because I felt weird. You know, everyone left uni to go get a job in the city, go up to London and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, people were leaving uni with their degrees, Andy, and I'm pressure washing patios. Yeah. You know, like. People going into recruitment, you know, rocking up in their 120 pound moss suits that they got on sale the night before, and I and I and I'm just rocking up in my trackies, you know, just about to pre pressure wash Margaret's back garden, 
you know, so, so and I'm, Margaret I'm appreciated it. Margaret loved it. And do you know what? <laughs> she, she, she really did. <laughs> but, um, but, but it's, here's the thing, you know, and you're thinking like, uh, should I get this all up and just go follow them? But then, but like engaging people like that, when you read stuff like that, it's, it's, it makes you realise actually, no, 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 you're just doing your own thing. You're carving out your own path. And it, over time with the right perseverance, determination, you, like whatever the destination is, I think it would arrive. Yep. Fair play. Okay, nice. Okay, so Hampshire Business Show was a success. So yeah, it was good. Let's talk about you, some of the things you did to entice people to come. Like, who did you bring on board and why? Yeah, so it, do you know what? Promoting Hampshire Business Show was not much different to promoting a nightclub. You know, every every nightclub event I ran had some sort of hook, whether it was a theme or it was a celebrity or something like that, right? Literally copy and paste that model, put it into put it into an exhibition model. It's literally no different, right? You're try, you're trying to attract a mass audience. Um, how do you get people there? What works in the club game, right? Okay, so when I brought celebrities down, they used to like bring all that crowd in. So we're like, right, okay, we need some celebrities. So we had Brad Burton, UK's number one motivational business speaker, uh, Mark Wright, who won the Apprentice back in 2014. Um, who else do we have? I can't remember. And a few few speakers there with seminars. And we'll we'll basically picking and choosing people that we thought would basically bring an audience with them. Yeah. So that helps massively. Um, but you know, a massive part of the event side of things is is prospecting. Like you need to prospect relentlessly. You know, you need to be filling up uh, not so much a pipeline for sales, but a pipeline of people that are going to come to this event. You know, and. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but in my view, networking, going to networking events was the worst use of time that I could have used. And I did go, I didn't go to what I think I went to one networking event in 2019. And the reason for that uh, is, is you're probably thinking, oh, what are you talking about there? No, 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 go on. So, so I did the maths in my head. So if I travel half an hour to a, to a breakfast networking event, for example, there's 20 people at this networking event. Okay. At best. At best. So that, that networking event goes on for an hour. Well, usually there's talks and stuff. Realistically, I'm going to be able to have great conversations with four or five people, right? So I have four or five people, fingers crossed, you know, all four or five of those want to come to the show. Okay, great. If not, you know, one or two maybe. I've now wasted, well, not wasted. I've now invested half an hour there, an hour there, half an hour back, on top of that breakfast, fuel, the rest of it, to potentially get one or two visitors to the show. In my, in my head, I was like, well, hold on. If I have those two hours coming to the office with a list of people that I want to call, how many dials can I make in two hours? It was more effective for me to pick up the phone for two hours than it was for me to go networking because I could reach more people. Yep. Um, and secondly, you know, I, I could get you know, on the phone, you can get a yes or a no very quickly. Because um, the thing is, I'm not selling anything. Do you want to come to an event? It's free. Yes? No? No? Okay, thank you. Have Enjoy the rest of your day. You know, do you know what I mean? And, and you, you, you this, it's do the maths, right? Do, like networking was inefficient. It's a bad use of time. So I didn't, I didn't do it. it. Yeah, it's really strange. I mean, a lot of people have hit and miss with, um, with networking, don't they? And I think it depends on what you do and what you need from it. You know, I think there was uh, one guy that says, you know, they went to, went to a net, you know, hands up who goes to networking events. And, you know, everyone puts their hands up. Okay, who goes to a networking to sell something? Everyone puts their hands up. Who goes networking to buy something and no one puts their hand up? Like, you know, so that's interesting. That's really interesting. About thinking about you, what you actually want from that. You know, no one goes to a networking event to buy something. Now, occasionally, you know, there might be a service you provide that someone needs at that time that works well. But typically, it's one man bands, small, very small businesses that profit from that. And Yon Gish, you were thinking, you're thinking bigger than this, right? 
Well, it's, it's that, you know, and I, I, you're right. And it's difficult because you know, I, I had a very negative perception of networking. Um, and I, I think it's just, it's about choosing the room you need to be in. You know, if you're top, it's once again, from a marketing perspective, my marketing hat on, it's back to who's your target audience. If yeah. you target micro businesses, then go to like networking events where you'll find micro businesses. Perfect. If you want bigger businesses, you're going to have to go to events where there's bigger businesses. You know, if I look at our client base at Mitchell and Stones, all the MDs that we engage with, I won't find any of them at a networking event. Right. None of them go networking. Or the events they do go to, I don't get invited to because it's a special blue group of blokes anyway and, and women that go to these kind of events, right? I'll invite you to one of mine. It's all right. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. But it's true, isn't it? Like, you know, Andy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have met you at a networking event, right? No, definitely not. No, that's it. You know, and I, I look at all of our clients, so I, I wouldn't meet them there. And once again, it's, it's, it's a networking, in my view anyway, you know, you know, people say it's all about the relationship and stuff like that. Like, great, okay, look, let's have relationships. But also, like, between Monday and Friday, you know, the bottom line in business, the bottom line, what it all boils down to is going to the bank. And what I mean by that is I've got between Monday and Friday every week to go out, find new clients, you know, do some great work for my clients that I've got because obviously I want, I, want, I want them to stay with me for a long time because the thing is, is the more market share we get, I get, the more people I can employ, the better quality of life I give my employees, the more I can invest in marketing, the more I can invest in new ventures. Like, I'm not going to do that, you know, with my arm on the side of a table, no. you know, talking to a chap that I met at three other networking events. If that, But that's just my view, you know, and I think a lot of people will be like, no, it's wrong, it's not about that. But, you know, that's just, I think that's just my perception. And I, I, I think it's about the right place at the right time. Yeah, you know, yeah, I've yeah. been to them, you know, I've been to them, I've done them, you know, I... I yeah, for me, I think if you are a one-man band, you are someone who you're an electrician, a plumber. Actually, those places do really, really well for that because yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You go there, everyone wants a decent, reliable electrician. Like, yeah, it's fact. So it doesn't matter if you've got your electrics blow or you've got an office. The chances of everyone in that room needing an electrician at that point, yeah, is slim. But everyone needs an electrician. That's right? it. That's exactly right. Needs, you know. Um, a warehouse or you know, a, a Facebook agency or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. You just don't need that. You know, it's no, you say it, and it's ab- you're absolutely right. And, it's, and once again, what you just said there is absolutely spot on. It's back to the marketing piece. Be aware of what, because once again, it's a marketing, it's a prospect. Networking is a marketing activity in my view, right? Totally. You know, and if, unfortunately, I've, I've made the decision where I'm not going to grow my business on hope, hopium, right? Because I'm not going to go to a networking event hoping that someone's going to introduce me to a friend of theirs because I can't control hope. Hope is out of my control. What I can control is how many dials I make, how many ads I put out into the marketplace, how much I spend on Google ads, all this kind of stuff, all the, all the, all the areas I can control, optimize and improve. That's where I'm going to invest my time personally. Totally agree. Yeah. I think that's that. And that for me is I, I'm totally aligned with that. That's exactly the way to go. And actually, you know, I think that I sort of think, pretty big you 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 think yeah. pretty big you know you want to be surrounded with people that think big like, oh massively mate yeah yeah i'm not saying that people don't think big but typically they they, they they're sort of yeah i'm just happy just being me it's, i like being so you're so amazing. right it's, it's limited think and i think one of the biggest things i've learned over the years and i recommend to any young entrepreneur watching this or any young business person is pick and choose who you talk about your business with because you know, when I go out and make a free grand sale and I thought, oh, that's amazing back then, you know, I go home, you, you tell people, tell your friends, all the rest of it. Like, 
not everyone understands the the, the kind of the, the grind you're on, if that makes sense, the journey you're on. Um, you know, and I and it used to really upset me because people couldn't understand. Like, for example, when I launched a show, I can count on one hand the people that thought that was going to work. The amount of negativity that I come in my way from so many different angles, yeah. it's not going to work. It's a stupid decision. It's a rash decision. All this kind of stuff. Like, if I listen to that, like, imagine where I'd be. So now these days, I'm very careful who I have my conversations with. Um, I'm really lucky to the sense that I've got a lot of really great people that I surround myself with. Like my coach is fantastic. Um, Cause when you say no, coach, I'm always, yeah, well, my business, sorry. A business coach or have you got a mentor or. So I've got, a, so my sales coach, Will, he's kind of like a, he's unfortunately, he probably, if he's watching this, he's falling into the role of mentor as well, I think. Yeah. But, but not, it's not just him. It's not, you know, like I'm, I'm looking at people who've, who've done amazing things, right? Because I'm looking at people that I want to play at the, the level they play that, yeah. you know, whether it's like, you know, number of employees or, you know, uh, ventures they've gone into. I love hearing stories of like coming close to the edge of like, it's all going downhill, it's all going down the pan, that kind of stuff. Like, I, 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 and, and it's weird because there's, there's two different types of conversations. You get, if there's the amount of people that I speak to, I say, how's work? And they go, oh, it's work, isn't it? Like, like mate, that kills me. Yeah. I'm like, the working week is Monday to Friday. The weekend is Saturday and Sunday. Like, I'm, I'm not living my life for two days a week where I get away from the work world. Like, so when I'm, when I'm the, what I've, done, what I've managed to get myself into place now is the people that hang around me, when I'm talking about how's work and you know, everyone's fired up, everyone's pumping, they've got their own business going on, all sharing ideas and stuff. And even with you, mate, when we're talking to, when we, you know, it's five o'clock in the morning, we're in the gym. You know, I feel like I've been awake two or three hours, the conversations we're having, do you know what I mean? Cause it's yeah. exciting. I'm looking forward to get to the office, but they're the people that I want in my life. Yeah. Because that's all the energy stuff, and it keeps me away from like the whole oh, it's just work, isn't it? Because it's not like, and that's really hard because you know, uh, you're at 26. You, yeah. The number of people at your age that have actually got a business at the, your age is yeah. going to be incredibly small. As whereas you know, as you get a bit older, you know, there are more people your age with businesses, so oh. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit easier in some ways because like they, they, there's you know, you sort of. Your people have already got a business in some yeah, ways. Yeah. As well as when you're younger, everyone just thinks you're going to fail, which clearly you're yeah, not. Yeah, that's it. Right? Yeah. That's the point. And, you know, I think, you know, it's about surrounding yourself. I mean, I said something on one of my drive times a little while ago about how you... Drive time. Drive time. Go on, do it. Go on, do it. Go on. No, 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 no. Drive time. That was a crap rendition of... Sorry, mate. No, 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 no. Drive time. Was it some program from the 70s or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right <laughs> I'll check, I'll check it. it was the 80s yeah 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 um so you know it, it's about surrounding yourself with yeah peer peer people like so I, I had this thing a little while ago you know when I was, I was swimming so coming back to your swimming you know I was going swimming every Monday and Wednesday night and I won't get any better the problem was I was swimming in lane three and there's no problem with swimming in lane three, but the problem with swimming in lane three was I was swimming with people that was going as fast as lane three, right? And I weren't progressing. And I was like, no, what have I told myself? Surround yourself with people of where you want to get to. Move up to lane four. My <laughs> God, I was knackered after three lengths, right? But, but what I'm getting to, it doesn't matter whether it's sport or whether it's business or whether yeah. it's personal, like you surround yourself by people of where you want to get to yeah yeah else like if you surround yourself with people that smoke you're gonna smoke yeah like, it's fact if you surround people with doing things that shouldn't they shouldn't be doing 
you're going to end up doing that stuff. So don't bother. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. You, you, you are, you are influenced by the people who are most in your, in your surrounding. Um, and honestly, that couldn't be true. Could be more true. Um, and I think that, and funny enough, it might sound like the obvious thing, but that is probably, if not the, I'd say definitely top three most important things that people like any anyone looking to kind of grow a business or, or get into business needs to do right. Surround yourself with the right people. Like I couldn't, couldn't blow that trumpet hard loud enough. That that's one of where where one of these podcasts literally came from was you know I want to learn from people's mistakes. I want to talk to people that are running businesses. I know I yeah. do. I'll start a podcast and talk to them. Like, yes. <laughs> if we were sat in the jacuzzi chatting through this, it'd be a bit weird me asking you all these questions, right? Yeah. I mean, well, Josh might like it. I don't know, but <laughs> you know, it, it's a bit weird. Some of the people we've had on, some of the people we're going to have on, you, you can't just go. It's right if we just go for coffee. And let me ask you three hundred questions about how you grew your business. Yeah. Like people would be like, that's a bit weird. As well yeah. as you do a podcast, they, do you come on my podcast so I can talk to you about your business and ask you 300 questions about it? They're like, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> you know, and the added advantage is other people get the benefit from listening to this as well and inspiring that's people. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I think, you know, one of the things that I want to focus on over the next few years is, you know, like, like today, perfect example, I still keep heavily close with the, uh, with the University of Winchester, my event management program. Because so, even though I did come close to failing, I've got to say my lecturers were there for me every step of the way and they went way above and beyond what they needed to. So as a kind of like a respect and a thank you to them, I keep in contact with them. And so for example, today I had four groups of students present their presentations to me. They're doing like an event, a mock-up event for, for my business, for Mitchell and Stones. Nice. And um, I'm always keeping my eye on, I'm like, right, you know, who, where's the entrepreneur in there? Because I'm trying to find me six, seven years ago. Yep. Because, you know, I think the greatest, what gives me satisfaction the most is when I spot someone who, you know, they're, they're not, obviously everyone's kind of in their own part of the mountain, if that makes sense. I call it the mountain, you know, people, some people are higher up, some people are a bit lower down, but like the people, the ones that are lower down, if you can drop a rope to them and, you know, just pull them up a bit more, you know, save them. If you can foresee them making mistakes that you've run into yourself in the past and you can almost help them dodge that avenue because you know, you've seen that you've been there, you've lived yeah. it, you've got the scars. Like that's a good thing, right? And that is exactly like that is exactly what we want to be doing. We want to be helping you exactly the same line. You, yeah. We want to help these people. We want to guide them and say, "Don't make the mistakes I did." Like, let me guide you along this journey and come and join us. Exactly. Like, like and it yeah. doesn't matter if they're an employee or whether they're an associate or a friend or whatever. Then let me guide you. Like, don't make yeah. mistakes. All the cock ups I've made. Like, it's just yeah. Not... Okay, so on that. Let's touch on Mitchell and Stones. We did the business show. So yeah. obviously business show didn't happen this year. We're not going to talk about COVID for obvious reasons. Yeah, um, but a business show is back next year. So yeah. if you are a local business in Hampshire, a quick, do a quick pitch for that, Josh, before we move on, I think. Yeah, okay. So, so Hampshire Business Show, 14th of October 2021 at the Aegeus Bowl Stadium in Southampton. There's, honestly, Andy, you wait to see the speakers next year. I can't announce them yet because I haven't paid the deposit. Well, you but haven't paid are... mine yet. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't Sorry, realize mate. I was getting a speaking slot so soon. Thank you. I, to I told you, 60-day payment terms. <laughs> um, so, uh, so so, typically, it's the businesses that are struggling to get in front of prospects. You know, they, you really want some face-to-face -face time with, with, uh, with prospects or you're looking to showcase your products and services to people that can make decisions, people that can say yes or no. no they don't need to got the, uh, the trainer command. But then ultimately as well, you know, if you just want to upskill yourself, learn more, you know, learn from people who are doing it, you know, all of our speakers at the show are in, have had tremendous career. Every every speaker we have is vetted, really, you know, and they're all great at what they do. There's no speaker there that, that that's there and they don't know what they're talking about. So, 
any workshop you go to, any keynote you go to, any seminar you go to, I promise you there's there's some great information there. Most of all, um, of course, it's free to attend. There we go. Fantastic. If, we, okay, if you want to stand, it's an invoice on that one. That's the business show. <laughs> and let's just take that business show, right? Let's just hone in on that, right? For one second, I'm just going to blow smoke up Josh's uh, arse here. So <laughs> Josh is 26 years old. He went to college, set up an event, went to university, set up an event. You know, he's got history of setting up amazing events. And now he's put on the best business show locally to us here. And obviously, if you're further afield, you're more than welcome to attend as well. Yeah. Obviously, it's not just for people locally. But, you know, he's put on an amazing event. It was an amazing success the first year. Obviously, this year didn't quite happen for obvious reasons. And he's going to absolutely smash it out of the park with oh. some amazing speakers who I think I already know some of them who they are. But I'm not, I don't know that for definite. But I think he's... <laughs> I know... I know he's going to absolutely put on an amazing event. So, you know, if you want to attend or you want to have a stand, get in contact with Josh. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that's, that's key. So next on that, let's touch on Mitchell and Stone. So yeah, you've got the business show happening and you're, you're also trying to do Mitchell and Stones as well. So you're looking at these outsourced marketing departments and, and thinking about how you can do that. So that was the early strategy. So how, how has the strategy differed or has it yet? Yeah, so I think it's massively, because when we first started out, we thought social media and video, but massively saturated space. Everyone's kind of doing it. If you can make a Facebook page these days, you're a social media expert. So we were like, we need to be different. And so the only way we tailored that was to create a solution. Because the thing is, like, you know, when it comes to pricing and like for, for marketing agencies, unfortunately, you know, it's usually down to how big the business is, typically. You know, that doesn't work for all marketing agencies, but... For example, you might have a law firm who's doing, I don't know, 20, 25 million a year. They want a new website. A marketing agency would come in and quote them 40 grand. You might get a, a a similar law firm who's doing 250 grand a year. They might get the exact same website for four grand. You know, and so there's, there's ethics come into that. Moral compass comes into that. But then also, you know, we, we're probably one of the few marketing agencies that are highly transparent with our pricing. It, we don't pluck numbers out of thin air. We, we've got like pre-made packages. Every service that we offer is priced and listed on a brochure. Um, and you can kind of pluck things together um, with complete honesty, regardless how big you are, regardless of how small you are, et cetera. It's interesting you say that, because I remember when, um, when I've been in a couple of businesses in the past, you know, how do we price things? I thought we were just making it up as we went along, but it turns out actually in hindsight, everyone makes it up as they go along. Um, yeah. And actually, the bigger they are, the worse they are. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. No, I suppose so. But but and that's and that's it, mate. You know, because it all I suppose it all boils back to you know what what's important to you, what what your values, right? Like you know, I, I every client I have, you know, I can say with confidence we do the absolute best for them. I feel like every service we deliver to every single client, it is worth what they're paying for. If I ever think, because sometimes I've been into conversations where it's like we've said we're going to do this when it comes to actually getting to do it you realize actually no we're not in a position to do that i think i had it with you andy like at the start we said we we're gonna do xxxxx turns out i could only do like half of that because we weren't ready you know so you know that that has to reflect on like you know what people pay there's, there's lots of companies out there that will just uh, we'll, just, we'll just carry on paying the same money and all this kind of stuff but it's just not fair so it's, it's about having that honesty i think yeah i totally agree i, I definitely agree and I because it, ultimately it seals the trust between client and supplier, right? Because yep. once again, I don't want clients for two, three months. I want to work with people for years. 
Yeah, I think, think that's really, really key. I think you were saying there's a there was a stat in your sort of space of the longevity and retention of client. 30%. 30% in, in the marketing space, on average, 30% client retention rate. Yeah. Our target at Mitchell & Stones is uh, 70%. Yeah. Now, the reason why it's 70 and not 80 or 90 or 100 is because, unfortunately, there's so many variables that go into marketing. You know, like, you know, we, we've had situations where we've generated a lot of opportunities for business, but the business development uh, kind of team within the business didn't perform. So as a result, you know, no new revenues going into that business. There's so many kind of variables and things you need to kind of take into the equation, but yep. 70%, you know, it's over double the industry average. If we can hit that, which we're actually, we're exceeding at the minute for, for year end this year. So it's gonna be, if, if we're allowed to, it's going to be a huge Christmas party. Amazing. <laughs> I look forward to that. Uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> You can do it virtually. Um, That's, yeah. So, but actually thinking about that, you know, you know, you if you've got, you know, the problem is the BD side, yeah, you know, the sales side. Perhaps you need a closing arm. That, 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 you're absolutely right. Yeah, but the thing is, mate, like marketing and sales, it's the same. Marketing and sales is integrated. It's into marketing and sales integration, right? What is marketing? That's you on the megaphone shouting out to the marketplace. Look, we're over here. Here's what we do. Here's why we're different. All this kind of stuff, right? Yep. Um, but then when you get that attention. You know, you get people looking at you and, you, you know, you get attention. People, people start engaging with you. You know, you need to have a good business development opportunity, uh, uh, process in there to, to convert those into winning clients. And it's not about the hard sale. It's not about going in and closing and, like, slamming people shut and pushing people to the back corner. It's about turning around and saying, look, here are the problems we fix. Here's how much it is. You know, shall we work together? Yes or no? No? No problem. Thank you. There's 7 billion people on planet Earth, Andy. Like, I can afford people to say no to me. <laughs> yeah and, and that and that's really uh, that's 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 fact isn't it you know that's you know there's you but you've got to know your net kpi and your numbers coming in yeah to be able to to be able to do that otherwise what happens is is you, you've got to be able to go through that process yeah. and have that well as you say that solid bd process yeah if absolutely you haven't got the process in place like it ain't gonna happen yeah, and you end up winging it you know and I, I you know and i was winging it for years but like as soon as you put a good process in place it's just like it's the same thing every day yeah. over and over again right yeah um, yeah pretty much right yeah <laughs> now so. josh you are we're going to come to an end very soon because right. you know you are you're you know, only you're only partly into your journey in, in such a small amount of business you've packed more in than most people would pack into a life because they just don't Thanks. have the balls to go out and try it <laughs> yeah i suppose I, I, yeah I, I don't know i wouldn't have done it any differently mate you know. and, that's, and that's exactly it. So I'm going to be really excited to follow your journey. Uh, that's yeah. not creep too creepy. I hope that's not. Um, <laughs> I'll see you liking on my post. I think I'm oh, Andy again. Bloody hell. <laughs> and stalking you. Um, and, you know, I, I, I tell you what would be amazing is yeah. actually we're going to do this again in a couple of years and a couple of years after that and a couple Mate, of years after that. Let's roll. Uh, and, and what would be amazing is then to look to see because we can look back on these and go, Josh, do you remember when you said this? Like, when you said that, like, what were you thinking? Because actually now, what would you do? Like, that, that would be really interesting. Yeah, that would be. It would I, be. I think we'll, 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 we won't necessarily pencil a time in the diary just yet for that. Well, no, but, two years' time, mate. No, you're right. <laughs> just don't know what he's doing next week, let alone two years' time. Um, but, you know, I think we should do that. But, but even same vice versa of you, because, you know, what you're doing over at Global E-commerce Experts, you know, Walking through your warehouse with, you know, stock overflowing everywhere. It's packed in there. You guys are doing great things over there, you know. So I'd love to interview you on ours as well because 
And once again, back to what we spoke about in this podcast about, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, it's absolutely right. So let's let's do that together. I think it'll be pretty good. Yeah, wicked. You can come and visit our place in Netherlands as well. We've got, we're just about to open this warehouse in Netherlands. And, you you, you know, owe me a holiday. And you I, said you'd take me. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You all come on holiday. Yeah, we'll have a little adventure yeah. out there. Um, it, it adds a completely new dynamic that I hadn't thought of. Um, but mm. coming back to that 10, you know, thinking bigger, like like 10X. So you sound about, you had a Grant Cardone. Your Grant, yeah. he's a bit Marmite. You know, he's a bit he is. near the mark. And, you know, and I, I, by the way, I don't listen to him religiously. It's literally sometimes it's like two or three days at a time. I just need uh, that pump up if I'm feeling, yeah. do you know what I mean? But, some, but actually what he says in the book. Yeah. Actually is like, just think bigger. Like, because everyone thinks, oh, well, this is all I can do. No. Like we, we used to think that we could, you know, we thought, you know, oh, well, what we do is we'll, we'll, we'll buy, um, I talked, in fact, I talked about this a little while ago on one, again, one of my drive times about thinking bigger, right? So, you know, I was a wedding photographer years ago. I used to do the wedding photography and I sold wedding photography, right? So what was great about that was, you know, someone would pay me to come and do their wedding photography and I'd go home. I earn, I earn a decent amount of cash on the side, side hustle, amazing. Yeah. Now what I'd do differently is what I'd do is I'd create a marketplace where I'd have a essentially oh, a website said. of 50 photographers, right? And those 50 photographers, yeah, people want to search wedding photographer. I was doing, let's say, Google ads or Facebook ads for wedding photographer. People would come to me and go, I like him, I'll contact him. I don't like him, I won't contact him. Well, if you've got 50 people on your site, they're going to like one of them. So actually, yeah. put 50 on there, let them approach those 50, and from there, you just take the profit off of that one. And then you haven't got to do anything. All you can do is sit home every weekend, or you can go sailing every weekend, or go cycling every weekend, and you haven't got all that extra work. Don't get I me wrong, it's still work. But it's about thinking differently about the opportunities now. And I think people yeah. pigeon themselves into one. And what the. I the, totally agree. Look, it's like, well, if you want to say, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to 10 times this. You'll think differently about how you do it. Yeah, yeah. And what you said there about pigeonholing, absolutely important because, for example, down the line, you know, we want to get into property. One of the most common, what I guarantee that people say to me, Josh, what do you know about property? And I know the exact same amount about property as the biggest property expert in the world did on day one. Like, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you can learn anything, it's, you, it's, it's all like limiting beliefs. Yeah, Sorry. I totally agree. And actually, at that point, though, when you start getting into that, well, okay, I want to start getting into property. Okay, I mean, so we, I've been looking at investing in various different forms recently. It's like, well, I'm just going to read all the books on it. Loads of different books. And yeah. I'm going to speak to everyone I know that's doing it. So now yeah, I've got yeah. 20 books knowledge and 20 people's knowledge. And now I'm like, okay, I'm pretty informed on what I think is probably the best way of starting this process. Yeah, yeah. It might it won't be the way that everyone's done it because everyone's route is differently. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. So when you get um, into that, I've already got the people you can speak to. <laughs> cheers, mate. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll line them up for you. Uh, we'll yes. have a network meeting. <laughs> <laughs> won't see me there, mate. <laughs> you know, there's, um, there's, there's um there is some uh some sort of high net worth people. They they do do these sort of like um network meetings where they go and do you know, it's like well we're going to go away for the weekend for the weekend with the lads and do that but it, it's lads with businesses and all the rest of it i decided a little while ago i'd do the three peaks challenge have you heard of this no the three peaks is where you climb ben nevis scarfell pike and snowdonia in 24 hours 
And I was like, well, I'll just do it as a network event because I want to do it, but I'll get 10 people to do it. You do it all together. You've all got to raise, I don't know, five grand for charity or a grand for charity or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, you go and do it, but then you get 10 of you together from different backgrounds. Like, that'd be awesome. Like, because wow. then, then you, you, you're doing an event together. It, it's, it's a complete, that way you get to spend quality time with people and you get to see people at their downside. You know, yeah. 24 hours, someone in a minibus and climbing a hill. Like, you get to know them. Like, yeah, yes, yeah. Where did you do that? Like, you can have a real conversation. Yeah, but how did you actually do that? Like, an hour walking up a hill. All right, Josh. So, you know, you told me that you did this with LinkedIn. What did you do? How did that work? Like, I quite like yeah. that idea. So I want to try and do more things like that. Mate, that's genius. Uh, it's good because, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's more interactive. It's different as well. Yeah, do like a, 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 a I don't want to say boys weekend, but it's almost easier from a family point of view. If you say a gentleman's weekend, because there's no cross cross issues. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So Rebecca, that's why I do that. You see, um, uh, but there we go. Anyway, look, Josh. Uh, so last few points from you, give me your top two mistakes. You think you've made over those that last six years. Uh, top two mistakes. Uh, one, not thinking big enough. So one, so resolution to that is think bigger. If you can't physically think big and you don't think you're thinking big enough, pick up books of people that have think big, thought big, and actually gone out and done it. Um, the second thing is is surround yourself with the right people and only take business advice from people who have done it um, or are doing it because everyone's got an opinion, but you've got to pick and choose which of those opinions um, are coming from a place of experience and wisdom rather than coming from a place of that seems out of my grasp, if that makes sense. Yeah, wicked. Absolutely fantastic. I'm just going to pick up on a couple that we've done as we've come through. So coming through that journey, you know, one of the first things you said about was you saving. You saving and making the money work for you or having the money available. Now, it doesn't mean you got to save every penny, but if you can save a thousand pounds, it's a thousand pounds more than you add. All right. Mm. So you need to think about that. The other, then, then we moved on to you know, basically just hustling, just working seven days a week, doing you know, um, social imprint, 360 dynamic, pressure washing patios, working part time at Apple, like all of those things, like just hustling to keep your head above water and just make stuff happen. Like perfect. And then we talked about educating yourself and we've touched on a bit there, you know, listening to different people, getting a mentor or some coaching around being yeah. skilled. Absolutely amazing. Um, surrounding yourself with the right people. I totally agree. You know, um, you are the, the, the sort of average of your net worth or whatever the saying is. Yeah. But basically, <laughs> yeah. you know, your network is your net worth. Exactly that. Thank you. Much better put you. See, that's why I brought him on. See, uh, and, and then thinking big enough. I totally agree. So all those things, Josh, Thank you very much. Absolutely amazing having you on. Uh, I hey, can't thank wait you to me. get in two weeks' time, uh, two years' time. <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> no, that's change, mate. I might have bought some well. on, my, on my Christmas list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you very much. It's absolutely amazing. If people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way of doing that? Uh, Josh at MitchellOnStones.com if it's uh, Mitchell and Stones related. Uh, if it's Hampshire Business Show related, Josh at HampshireBusinessShow.com. Um, but I'd love to hear from anyone, so it's fine. Or hook him up on LinkedIn. Or LinkedIn on the LI. On the LI. Is that how the kids say it now, is it? Uh, I don't know. That's how, that's how we say it internally because we say it all day, every day. Is it? Oh, well, now I'm down with the kids, you see. Uh, <laughs> I call it LI. I'm in. LI. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Josh. 
I appreciate your time. Mate, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. And we will, well, I'll see you in the gym soon, hopefully. I will see you in the gym. And my flip-flops are going to be ready to go, mate. I, I, I am convinced I'm going to buy you a pair uh, that says... Doesn't mean I'll wear them. <laughs> no, you will when I hide the others. <laughs> You'll have no choice. <laughs> right, take care. Take Thanks care, mate. Much. Good to see you. Uh, this is another super uh, insights to Business Insider Secrets with Josh Mitchell. Josh Mitchell from Mitchell Stones. Thank you very much, Josh, and we'll be in contact again soon. Cheers. Bye. Cheers.